So I just, I just want to set the tone for what we're doing here this morning, okay, and why we are talking about the city and with Pentecost, and we're going to pray over people here this morning. I want to set the tone of why we're doing this, um, and it's beyond us, okay. This is just a small representation of the Ecclesia and the Church of God in Cape Town here this morning that are gathering all over the city, but heaven is taking notice of all that we say and do and partners with us and backs everything that we say, everything that we believe in faith to do. Nothing is not recognized from heaven. What Matthew 12 speaks about, from the overflow of the heart, so the mouth speaks, but every careless word is taken account. So every careless word is taken account. Every good word is also taken account. And he responds to faith with us this morning. So as we celebrate Pentecost, and Pentecost being 50 days after Passover. That's what the word Pentecost means. Okay, we need to kind of keep reminding ourselves. I was, I was sitting with a pastor this week and they had a great thing for uh, Ascension Day and I was sitting chatting with him and I said, yeah, it's Pentecost Sunday. He's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, it's Pentecost Sunday. He's like, we've got to focus, we've got to remember that. We're reminding ourselves here of what Jesus and what God has done for us because this Pentecost has been fulfilled in Jesus. The Passover has been fulfilled in Jesus. Okay, and now there are these feasts that God, like I said to you a couple of weeks ago, on God's appointed times, He set these feasts in place, but gave them on the timeline for the people of God to follow. And those feasts were known as the cycle of restoration. Okay, so as the cycles of the year, there would be these feasts that the people of God would celebrate. It's a cycle of restoration, would have known. So the main three feasts that stuck out for the God of Israel, the people of Israel was Passover. Okay, was Pentecost. And then the third one was the tabernacles, which is around September time. So Passover and Pentecost have been fulfilled in Jesus. The tabernacles, feast of tabernacles will be fulfilled on the return of Jesus. And then we'll have the fulfillness of perfection forevermore. Okay, so Passover, we understand, is the redemption, the power of the blood and the unleavened bread that they had to uh, put on the door frames and the angel of death passed over. And from that night, they walked into the desert and it was 40 years of wandering. But 50 days after that moment that took place was Pentecost. And what took place in Pentecost and the understanding of the people of God as year after year after year, they celebrated this feast. So in their thinking and what comes up when it's Easter time and it's Christmas for us, your heart starts being drawn to this time of the year what God is doing something. So when it's Christmas time, we don't ignorantly walk forward and kind of not celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? We all start leaning towards it. So when Pentecost came, the people of God all started leaning towards the understanding that there was an expectation that God would release blessing on the earth at this time of Pentecost. Okay? So are we believing that God's going to release blessing on the earth? We need Him to pour out His Spirit. We need Him to touch the darkest places and the darkest hearts on this earth. If there's ever a time to cry out for His mercy, to touch and to move on this earth, it's now. And it's His appointed time that we is moving. So we understand that through Pentecost, the law was received and the teachings from God were imparted to His people. As it's been fulfilled, the Spirit of God was poured out. And there were these dramatic occasions around Pentecost where God spoke to His people. And the cloud of glory ascended on the mountain and the fire came down into that small room with this group of people that have changed the world forever. 
As the power of God comes and meets, and, the, and He pours out His power, and there's revelation of this, and He pours out His blessing, and there's revelation of what God is doing in this time and in this hour. And all of this, and the blessings of the Holy Spirit, and as we celebrate Pentecost now, are that you are equipped, and that you are empowered with gifts to be able to go to all the world and to be a shining light. Not to go to your office tomorrow morning and be grumpy Susie. Okay? Because you feel like being grumpy. You have all of heaven inside of you, backing you with the power and the giftings inside of you to go forth and to be the light of the world. The church is in a time now where we are learning and realizing that the gifts are not bound to these four walls. The apostolic is not bound to these four walls. The prophetic is not bound to these four walls. They are apostolic businessmen that are operating in their gifting, that are seeing God use them. But 30 years ago, you had to do it within the church. And then they just went and made money and like kind of understood. And I heard a line, a friend preached when we were in Zimbabwe, Bill Hollis, or Janet's husband, said this, these words. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that you have to make money for the kingdom. Think about it. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us, oh, I'm a businessman because I make money for the kingdom. No, no, you just make money and do what you're called to do, and the generosity of your heart overflows towards the ecclesia. Okay? It's not an assignment that, I, oh, now the pressure, I've got to make money. No, just be generous. And pour out the overflow of God's putting on your heart to pour out to us. Okay? That's, this is Pentecost. And when the tabernacles is in September time, that's, as I said to you, is that when the king will return, and God's glory will dwell with his people. And we've seen that this, his kingdom has been, been established, but there's more to come. And that's the full picture of restoration. Now, I've read Acts 2 to you this morning. And that passage is so prominent for us today because it was the infilling and the powering and the walking and the light of what God has given us. That moment was the birthing of the church. That's where things f- firstly started. But what did they have to do? After 40 days, they were standing in front of him and he ascended on high. And disappeared into the clouds. And the angels came and spoke and said, he's gone. But go and wait. Go and wait. These last few years have been waiting. God, where are you? Move. Waiting. And waiting becomes hard because you eventually want to do something, right? You want to like step in like, God, I've, we got a plan here. If you aren't going to do this, like, wait. Just Wait. And I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And what took place there in Acts 2 was the changing of the world forever. Because it was a reversal of what took place at the Tower of Babel, where they were all confused and they were all given different languages and they were scattered across the earth. What happened there in Acts 2 now, and the day of Pentecost, was the coming together of all these languages, heavenly languages given to people, and then they were speaking languages from other people in other areas. It brought a uniting of people to come together all with the same fire inside of them, all with the same glory dwelt inside of us, where Moses' face had to be covered with a veil, but now we are seeing more of his glory, and we are being changed more and more into his likeness every day of our lives, as the glory increases, as we humble ourselves, as we submit, as we surrender to who he is and his way. But we've had to learn to wait and tarry and trust him. But is he a God that will fail us? He will never fail us. He will never, ever fail us as his people. But we've got to trust him. We've got to believe that he's true and faithful. 
And uh, on the 19th of April, 20, sorry, the 20th of April, 2019, we did a prophetic act as a leadership in this church where, and I knew it, forget it, so I'll have to get it out my back. Sorry. It's, uh, it's uh, in here, I promise you. Not, not my wallet, no. No, there it is. There it is. This is a tent peg. Okay, and Errol sourced these quality tent pegs. Okay. And on the 20th of April, 2019, we did a prophetic act where God was speaking to us about this 42-kilometer radius around our city from this building. So we've captured and claimed all the sea area as well, all the fish in that area are us. So anyone into fishing, Neil, go and cast your line on the other side, but, and I think there will be an abundance. But what we found with this 42-kilometer radius thing that God spoke to me about in a dream, speaking about this portion that he's given you, speaking about your lines have fallen for you in pleasant places, wasn't a selfish thing for Bay City Church. That are we going to do so? We are doing something for the ecclesia across the city. And so what we did was we found the extent of 42 kilometers from this building was right on the outside of Tableview, was right on the outskirts of Durbanville, was right on the outskirts of Somerset West, right on the outskirts of Selimbosh and Gordons Bay. And I felt as I looked at that on the on an app online, God said to him, I'm giving you the city. Okay, not for us, not for the bay we're going to claim as a couple of hundred people we dominate the city. No, for the ecclesia. I'm wanting to move across the city. And so what we did as a prophetic act on that 20th of April, 2019, we all gathered here in this foyer and we assigned people each with a tent peg, with a bottle of water that was from, I think, our tank here, the rainwater that fell here was from this well, whatever we call it. And we put out a prayer for people. And at 2 o'clock on that day, in unity across our city, guys were positioned at Signal Hill, guys were positioned on the mountains there on top of Simonstown, down at Cape Point, and every point that measured around the city. And at the same time, we declared this prayer over our city and said, God, it's time that the tent pegs, the tent pegs of our, are stretched wider so that the, the canopy can increase so that your glory can increase upon the city. And we can see you move and we can see you touch the hearts of lives of people. Let your glory fall. I can admit and tell you that when we prayed as a leadership together, there was an expectation in the air. And as we invited people saying like, Rod, you're going to be going to like Gordon's Bay. He would come forward and receive his offering in a way. And we'd like applaud. It was like a stirring in the spirit. And then we prayed together. I tell you, when, I, when we prayed, I saw like, like rumbling in the heavens. It was almost like the enemy was like, whoa, 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 what are these people doing? What are they doing? And God was like, my people are moving. And I'll be honest with you that we prayed and we knocked this tent peg into the ground there in a, in a, in a road. I don't know which one it was. The, I don't know. Somewhere discontinuous. Okay. And there we are parked on the side of the road. We all had our GPS points to go exactly to how far. And we stopped there and we read this prayer. We knocked this tent peg in the ground. We prayed. We poured this water out because there was a prophetic word about this being an Elisha house. And Elisha's first miracle was that he poured pure water into this, the stream that was bitter and it became sweet. And as a, as a sign of like what's been bitter across the city, it'll be sweet. There'll be a taste of goodness. And then since we poured the water, we had a drought. Sorry about that. But anyway, no, no. I think we stopped the drought, 20, 2019. But the idea was that we would extend our borders, okay? But honestly, as we were driving home, I was like, what was that all about? 
no one noticed. You're driving thinking, did they see what we did? Like, God, did you notice? God saw what we did that day. And he, he are, he's asking of a people. He doesn't look for big numbers. He's asking for a people to be obedient. And just do what he says. It doesn't make sense to you. Just do it. And we here today are trusting that as we're going to pray for certain people, that the positioning of people being put out is for the betterment of our city to see the glory of God come and move and to touch us here. Because we all love our city and we all want it to thrive, right? We all want to be operating and, and living in the extent of the, 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 the fullness of what God's heart is for the city of Cape Town. Because remember, God loves cities. You know, he loves, he loves the hustle and bustle of what a city creates. One day in the, the glories we all live in, there's going to be cities that people will be asked to manage and to run in glory one day. It's still going to be operating. We're not going to be just sitting on a cloud and playing a harp and singing in perfect key of E. There's going to be stuff to do. We're going to be operating and, and living a fullness life in perfection. This is just the dress rehearsal for what God has got for us. So and on that, that point, I really want to, I want to welcome these people that we're going to pray over here this morning. Okay? And, uh, and I want to welcome Alderman, Deputy Mayor Alderman Eddie Andrews to be here this morning. And your wife, um, Ashley. Jackie. Jackie, sorry. And Ashley's that side, sorry. Name's going through my head here. Okay? I want to, I want to welcome you, Ashley Potts, and your wife Ruth here as a counselor for a local area. We welcome you here this morning, and we acknowledge what God is doing in your lives and what God has positioned you for, for influence. Okay? And we truly, let's just welcome him here this morning. Let's welcome him. I say to your teams and your families and that are with you, that they're, they're in this together with you, right? Your, your, Ruth, you signed up when he signed up, right? There's no like, well, you're going to do what you did, I would, I do. It doesn't work like that. You know, and your wife's laughing very hard at you there, bro, because I think she wishes she could see more of you, hey? <laughs> but I want, I want to just say this morning, there's no leaning towards a political party and something. That's not the intention here. The intention, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, and we are standing for what God is, we are believing for God to do across our city. So why, why, have we, why are we doing this? What is the point of this? You know, so what did Jesus instruct us to be? He said, be an insulated people. Okay, tell no one about the good news okay, of his kingdom. Build your own insular empire. Continue. And then don't worry about influence outside of these four walls. Just keep it, keep it tidy. Keep it here. Like Trevor Noah. Keep it here. Keep it here. Really, that's not the message of the gospel of the kingdom. Amen. What did Jesus say in Matthew 28? He said, now these 11 disciples, they went to Galilee to the mountain. And this table's got a rock. That's probably my most, just leave it. Just leave it. Every restaurant I go to, and I'm like, guys, the table's rocking. Yeah. There we go. Thank you, Errol. Sure. Yeah. He's close. He's close. It's fine. I'll just, I'll just put a tent pig in there. Ah, oh, come on, man. Work, man. Work now. No. Never mind. Anyway, Matthew 28 says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. And I get this, but some doubted. Wow. He was the risen Lord right in front of them, and they still doubted. So don't feel guilty if you doubt, but always turn to faith. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth. 
has been given to me, to him, to Jesus. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And when Jesus gave us this commission to go, that word go means as you go. As your life unfolds, as you go to work, as you raise a family, as things play out in your life, as you play hockey at the club and hang with those people, Keith, same to me. Okay, as your life leads, be an example. Be the shining light of the kingdom of God, wherever you go. Okay? So in today's world, influence is a currency. Okay, influence gets you places. But here's the thing. Money gives you access to power. Okay, because of money, people have access to influence and power. All right? And places. You get access, access to people and places that you would never get if you didn't have influence and money. Influence, as I say, can also give you access to people and places. Influence can be bought. You can buy it, okay? But influence is also gained through sacrifice and service. And today we sit with a group of people who have not bought this influence. This influence came through sacrifice and serving. And we acknowledge that today. Because influence is currency. And the ecclesia of God need to understand what that is. And if you gain influence, you can bring about reform and you can bring change. If you're a nobody, no one listens to you. Okay, but if you're a somebody, people will listen to what you're saying and what you're speaking about. Okay, because these hearts here today have served with clean hands and pure hearts. They have not given themselves to what is false, and there's no deceit in them. They have gained this through service, sacrifice, and faith. And faith. Here's the test. How you use your influence is very important. You can squander it and use it for your own gain and your own empire and your own name to be exalted and lifted high. That's not the heart of the Father when He gives you position and puts you in certain places. But when you use this influence to understand that you are there to bring reform and you are there to bring change to existing systems that are in place, Jesus said he's given all authority on heaven and earth, okay? And because of that pillar of fire that met with those apostles in that room and that fire was split up amongst ourselves and all of us, okay, we now are partakers of the authority of the kingdom of heaven. You need to hear that, guys. You don't operate as a job. You operate as the kingdom of heaven agents. And this is why Jesus said when he said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom in Matthew 18. Sorry, Matthew 16. And he says that whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There's an authority on you guys to carry what God has placed upon your hearts and on your lives. So today is the ecclesia. We're going to celebrate these guys. We are going to pray over them. We're going to commission them and say that the ecclesia is backing your act. You are not alone. You're not on your own doing what God has called you to do. Because we love the city. We love what God is doing in the city and we are you have been positioned for reform. 
Okay, and then this season, as I finish up here, and then we'll invite you guys onto stage and we'll speak with you guys. There's a cry. There's a cry today for righteousness and justice. A cry for it. So I want to leave this with you. Are you a conformer or a reformer? Okay, listen to this carefully. Jesus was a revolutionist. Jesus opposed the system of the day. The disciples were revolutionists. They opposed the system of the day. Not the governmental system. Don't get me wrong. The religious system. Okay, they opposed that system. At the heart of the ecclesia is revolution. We're not a stagnant people. That if we do become stagnant, we become traditional. And we follow the traditions of men. And then we become powerless. So where's the church today? Lacks power because of the traditions of men. And it's, it's, it's needing this spark of fire of revolution in our hearts. That it never remains stagnant. Where then mosquitoes gather and everyone's freaking out because we're being bitten by mosquitoes of the stagnant water. It's always moving. The flow of the river is always moving. Okay, the, at the heart of the ecclesia is revolution. There is a fresh revolution waiting to happen in this time and hour. Let's live righteously. Let's do justice and be the change, what God is asking us to be. And we're speaking that over you guys here this morning, believing what God has done. That. So I want to invite kind of Eddie and, the, and Ashley and your wives with Errol, and you guys are going to come sit up here. And we're going to hear some of your stories, and then we're going to pray over you guys. I don't know the best way to position these tables and chairs. I don't know, Errol, if we sit on one side. We sit in the center. Okay, that's right. Jackie, um, Eddie, you guys can sit this side. Ashley, Ruth, you guys can sit this side. Yeah, let's position these chairs. Yeah, this, what's that thing there? Yeah, that's fine, yeah. Okay. Just watch on that thing, yeah. There we go. Okay. Yeah. And the point of this is now also to hear some of their story, to encourage you, okay, and how God has positioned these guys for our for our city. Yeah, thanks, Grace. Yeah. Pull the table closer. Okay. I said earlier today we, we will observe certain protocols, but I think maybe just to make things easier. Uh, we felt that this format would be the best one is just to have a conversation. And um, I'm so glad Sheldon introduced the um, alderman, or first deputy mayor, alderman Eddie Andrews, the sklompe man. And then um, councillor Ashley Potts. Now I'm going to speak to them as Eddie and Ashley. Because truthfully, yes, that's their names. But that's also how I came to know them and we and as, as a family. And I want to frame this context a little bit. We, we shared a bit of our testimonies over time. And I, I, part of us doing this today is not to see Eddie and Ashley and what we're sharing, but also to see in your own lives what God is saying, that when you toil in the field, God takes notice of that. When you're working in the background, God sees the heart of what you do. And it's, it's important because I can tell you, I can pull up a file of Ashley this long, of telling you 
stuff that is not for this consumption here today. Because first, if you sit next to him and you're eating your food, you've got to hold onto your plate for dear life. He will steal your, oh, sorry, borrow your food. <laughs> we talk about the alderman now. I must be, be careful what I say because the media might pick this up. But you also have to be careful. <laughs> no, no. You, you will learn to know these people at the heart of where they are at. And so this journey for us goes back quite, quite many years. I don't even know how long. But to see this, and we've got a couple of questions we're going to talk through, is really just honor God and what he's doing. So, um, Tracy, just put up that slide for me, please. So just as a form of introduction, some of you will know Eddie for those in the Springbok days um, and Stormers and played for rugby. And um, it was quite interesting. A few years ago, we were walking in Newlands um, in the main road. And, you know, the taxis come past and they shout this nice stuff. And, and you get uh, walking next to this rugby player and he's all big and buff and yeah, I'm all okay. And you, and I'm like, dude, can't you keep in your chest a little bit? He said, no, I can't, you know, because it's just was all ripped in terms of uh, sport and what it looked like. But it was amazing just to see the heart of, of Eddie and um, Ashley and Trace and I, we go back and serving in leadership in Mitchell's Plain a few years ago and actually at Youth Ready and Ruth. Um, Tracy's Tracy and Ruth's dad share a birthday, and we're going to give you context of that and the significance of why Ashley and Ruth is here um, and what that means, because they weren't just here because we wanted to be nice and invite them, but also to, to clear and to show you God's perfect plan for our lives and what that transition looks like and how it works. And so, as we can see, um, you know, there was many pictures, there's so many more of Eddie in his rugby days. But the one picture that stood out for me and when I had a chat with Eddie years ago was the day he sang the national anthem and he was crying. The media made a big thing about it. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and what that meant for him coming through and, and what that meant, why Eddie also had to step back from his uh, rugby career and what that looked like, but not knowing also what God had planned. So we're going to go through that. So let me start it off and I'm going to put this here and come back to that, Eddie. Um, yeah, I've got a few things there for you. <laughs> so let's just start this, with this conversation and just tell us how you came to know the Lord and, and what that experience was like, um, committing your life to God and, and, and how that has transpired, please. Thanks, thanks, Edel, and thank you for, for having us here. I was told if you want a wife, um, someone you can stay committed to for a lifetime, you go to church. And um, that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly what, what happened. Yes. Um, so I think it was really interesting for me. I wasn't church going. You did the Easter and the Christmas, uh, those two services for the year. Um, and then I met my, my girlfriend at the time, Jackie, and uh, they had a service. I said, Jackie, I'm coming with you to, to church. And um, Jackie got, unbeknown to me, Jackie got baptized that Sunday morning. And... Um, I was sitting in the, the third or the fourth row there, and then the, uh, the, the MC was like saying, There is iemand here vandag. Die Heere praat hard met jou. Hy klop aan jou hart. En hy gaan vir jou kansig hier vanmorgen om vir man te neem. As jou saligmaker. And um, I, I sat there, and I, the person I sat next to, next to was holding a, a uh, Jackie's cousin, actually, and her name is Daniil. And um, I said, Lord, if this is you, can you just, and she was sleeping. 
can she just raise a finger? And it did something I can see is a sign from you. Um, and, and, and she raised one finger while sleeping. <laughs> and just to make sure, like we as responsible uh, Christians that we are, I said, could you perhaps maybe a second finger? <laughs> <laughs> just to make sure. And, um, and, um, and while sleeping, she raised a second finger. And we all understand the importance of the Trinity. And I said, Lord, just to make sure that this is really you speaking, by the time that third finger went up, I found myself uh, on the platform, uh, on my knees, and, and saying a prayer, saying, Lord, I want to invite you into my heart. I want to enter into relationship with you. And that was, um, I think, about... 20, how long are we married now? 24 years? <laughs> uh, 26 years ago, yeah, what I got to know God. Thank you, Eddie. Jackie, I think you're equally just listening, but just share a little bit of your testimony of how you came to Christ and, you know, what that meant to you. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, actually, that started when my mother gave birth to me, basically. Um, I was raised and born and raised in church, though. Yeah. Um, but... Obviously, coming really the relationship that I took was for that day when he was saying I got baptized for the fourth time. I don't know why, but anyway. So, but that was the day, obviously, that God set apart for me to change my life and his life, of course. So, I believe that uh, the transformation came basically also uh, by being obedient of being baptized and knowing what it entails more about giving your letting your old go and rising up to the new so that day yeah i would say morally is that day also but had a relationship before that with god but walking in the fullness of yeah. what god has got in store it started there also so amen yeah. so for some of us who know jackie she we know quite a bit of her she's got a few love languages one of them is when you come to a home and it's just six people, she will cater for 60 people. <laughs> she has an amazing love language of hospitality. Uh, when she does camps and things that we've seen and uh, does the cooking, then I'm like, how many people are at this camp? 50? 60? Then it's 200 people. Oh, it's 100? You cater for 200? Yeah. Yes. They got a trailer just for the food and stuff. <laughs> but also, um, Jackie sings amazingly well. She and her sister and her family, and so they come from a beautiful singing family um, in that regard. I think it's quite important as we begin to shape this and frame this. So, Eddie, let's go a little bit to this rugby days. Talk to us about that day. Or well, firstly, let's, let's speak to, to some people how you got selected, um, you know, to play firstly Springbok, I uh, know Stormers, uh, Western Province, and then Stormers and Springbok, and how that took place. Well, I was, I was looking at the, the pictures there, the top right picture, um, really just the hearts not yeah and I'll talk about that in a moment as well um, I think I started um, last night I was um, talking to somebody I forget who I was talking to there was somebody talking about rugby and um, uh, I started you know playing club rugby in the fourth league oh sorry it was the afternoon I went to a, a, my old club from Rose rugby club opposite Kenwood and I started there and um, was selected from uh, the 98 to the Western province under 21 team uh, the following year, I was selected into the Western Province B team. It was then called the, the President's team. Uh, and then year 2000, um, Gert Small and Carlo Duplessis came to, to Western Province, the new coaching team, the coaching staff. And they selected me um, in 2000. And then 
2000 was, I suppose, a very a, a stretching year where I was unable to play for, for most of the season. I had a back injury. Uh, I was born with spinal stenosis, the narrowing of the spine, and I was born with an extra lower disc in my back, severely compromising the space in my back. Uh, that year, I also signed my first professional contract. I was not paid until I could play again. And I went to my doctor and I asked my doctor, can you please just write a letter that I can play? And the doctor said to me, I can't write that letter because I don't know if you'll ever play rugby again. Yeah. Being year one of my marriage, uh, unsure what my tomorrow looks like, um, just sort of just trusting God. And eventually I got to the, to the end of the year, got playing again. And, and I don't think we'll have time to delve into that a bit today. And then in 2003, uh, played first, uh, first uh, Stormers. Uh, and then 2004, uh, played uh, my first Springbok game. And then 2007, uh, a God called me away from rugby. And, and I'll have a, that's a conversation we'll have with him later. <laughs> I thought it was premature. And then uh, in the wilderness for, for four years, um, just in terms of asking lots of questions, and then he presents me an opportunity um, in 2011. And I've been um, hustling away for the past 11 years in public office. Um, yeah, and for another term of office, uh, five years to go. Yeah. So, so just to give you context, so Eddie then, like I said, the last part was to be the ward councillor in Mitchell's Plain, specifically in the Portland's Westridge area for 11 years. Yeah. 10, yeah. 10. And so that was where he was toiling away. We've been in touch through different transitions and different things that was taking place, not knowing what God had set up and planned. And so there came a time that you got introduced. And so I put this picture here for a reason, because you started a program in Mitchell's plane called Decision Affects Destiny's Dad. And I was part of that. And in actual fact, significantly, this is part of why Ashley's here and even some people. So before we... We get to the people who are sitting here. Talk to us about the program and what, what transpired with that taking place. We understand what's happening in our communities. Uh, I think the, the situation is quite dire. Uh, those who achieve success is because they've had a healthy support structure. Uh, there were people believing in them, people encouraging them. I remember when I played my first rugby game at a Stormfronten rugby field, a passing comment by a strange I did not know said to me the following, you don't have the technical skills as a player but you have the dedication and the commitment to succeed. Sure. And those words, I still hold on very dearly to this very day and was the thrust behind my professional rugby career. And that's basically what, um, what spurred me on. And uh, two years into my first term of office, I was laying in the, next to the, uh, well, I don't know, Jack, if you were with me, or you were at the chalet, we were at that um, Club Mekinos. The kids were swimming in the pool. I went there with my notepad and I, and I said, Lord, I'm two years into public office, and what should my legacy be known as? How do I manipulate and exploit this platform that, um, that you've given me now? And there I sat and also, Eddie, why, did, why are you successful? And we define success, uh, you know, I mean, you can look in a dictionary and see what it means. Success in my book, in the context that I referred to, could be uh, just getting a grade 12 certificate. Success could be not falling pregnant whilst you're at school. Success could be not becoming part of a gang or uh, becoming addicted to any form of substance. And sadly, in some parts of, of Mitchell's Plain, success means barely staying alive. Mm -hmm. And so we understand that in the, one of the first phone calls that I made uh, about uh, nine, ten years ago, I called Ashley. And I think Ashley just came back from his stint in Johannesburg. And I said, Ashley, this is what we need to do. Because Ashley's 
well known in the youth sector and, and his passion is is unmatched for just being genuine and wanting to help youth and and he's kamikaze like that and <laughs> and those who know him know that and i said actually how do we get to do this this is, this is what we must do and uh he went with me to a camping site and we he gave me a book that i haven't read yet uh nine years ago <laughs> and uh and uh we eventually stumbled upon this program and ultimately it's a it's just a, a mentoring program coming alongside a young men and women at you know youth at risk for an extended period so that they make the right choices when they're at that crossroads and that's what it's about it's not a program but you say in the annual report five thousand kids have been uh, you know connected with but it's about the substance about the ones and the twos and that program of course ashley having taken over from me as the ward counselor that program now is run by the kids that started seven nine years ago and that's really exciting so it's a program that is is dear to my heart when i applied to come back into office they asked me what's the one thing that uh, you think that you've done well over the past 10 years and have you done enough i said in government you'll never do enough and then the second thing that I'm really proud of, not all the ribbon cutting or the speeches made, uh, but the impact that this program has made. That is something that is really dear to me. And, uh, and we are now a new council in a different ward. We're starting this program again because we completely understand. And that's, of course, uh, you know, I think we're actually also, also just an amazing support there. So to give context now, so they started as friends uh, in light of where they were and serving together. Eddie then moved to Plumstead. Uh, literally moved to Plumstead and then became the ward council in that area and we'll talk about the deputy mayor. Ashley then, as his own little journey, which we're going to talk through in a, in a moment, uh, was a director of an organization and moved into public office and is now serving in the ward that Eddie was at before. So you see the setup here. So that's the significance of where they, and this is where God sets you up in a way because he wants to bring yeah, and by design, absolutely, Ashley. And he wants to bring through his plans and purposes. So to just move on, Eddie, um, before we get there, Jackie, we're going to come to this part. And I would like you to frame the decision that you guys have made, um, you know, for Eddie to be eligible, firstly, to stand for election as deputy mayor, because he had to apply. It was a voting process, it was an interview process. But let's just, before we get there, um, I'm also aware that you have been having challenges with your health and what that looks like in the context of where we are because it wasn't just, boom, we put our name in a hat and it happened. There were challenges there. You were challenges with your health and a whole lot of stuff happening around you guys. Okay, so um, like Edel said, there was lots of challenges and you obviously know, all of us know, whenever we go, um, the enemy also knows what plans there is. So you get always tested. And one of our biggest challenges was my health. We, um, five, eight years ago, I was just diagnosed out of the blue with rheumatoid arthritis, which that means like my ligaments in my body is attacking my own, yeah, my own body is attacking his own body. I'm um, his own. And, um, and I couldn't understand because it came just like after he was in office. Uh, and then the second term, it started. And I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. And uh, there was a time where I was two months in the bed. So if it was winter, it was that time, that period was a hectic time for us. Because he's busy and I'm sick. What's going to happen to our kids? And, and, and. But um, we, uh, we always see it as a faith journey. Because when God elevates you, 
um, the enemy is also there. And he always wants to derail you from what God's purpose and plans are for your lives. Because he he knows that when he gets you at where your heart is, he uses that to derail you from where God is taking you to. So that was... Uh, we always hold on to that was we our made, we made a declaration that we know that as God elevates us and we have faith on what he's doing and um we they will come things that will come up and which unfortunately for us it was my health that took a down hill but we that never stopped us from trusting God especially I pressed in for God 24 yeah. 7 I still do um, for complete healing, but Amen. we know that well, I'm sitting here. This is a myself is a testimony being able to sit here. Um, but that is also like it is, is that's a total testimony on its own. But we know that God, when God got great things in store, no one can stop you Amen. because He opens doors Amen. and He closes Come doors. On. And when we get challenged, we do not get challenged because He wants to be funny, but mm. He extracts things that's not pleasing to Him. For you to see your fulfillment, your peace plans coming to fulfillment over our lives. And we declare that all the time. I used to declare that all the time and healing and having um, breaking of bread. And, 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 but the one thing that we do know is that we want God to be glorified in who we are and what we have. And also for our kids to know that God is real, He does real things. And, um, we always, I always say to our kids that having faith in God doesn't mean you're not going to be challenged because God is, is there. But if you have fear, it's the opposite of faith, of course. And faith is something that you literally have to press in. It's a thing that's there, but it's an activation of something. So, yeah, so we've been challenged with lots of challenges. And before we get to this Maya thing, I said to Eddie, every time, I would say to him, no, I don't think we're ready for going a bit higher. You just stay where you are. We are happy. We are comfortable. But you know how God works. It's not about us being comfortable where we're at. If he wants to do something, he does it. So, yeah. So, for me, it's like, it's still a bit challenging. But, yeah, but God is still faithful. Amen. And so, there was a decision being made, part of what you said, um, to apply for the deputy mayor position. Take us through that one. Okay, so, um, you know, like people would come and say, Eddie, I think it's time that you're not deputy mayor. You should apply for mayor. And my response will be, God, didn't speak to me yet. Uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. And that's what I always used to confess until God had that moment of saying, this is time. And, you know, when you have that total peace of, because you needed to apply, of course, and we knew that it wasn't going to be about about your works and stuff, you know, because there is so many things that you need to do, fill in or whatever, until we had a peace. Especially me, I said, nah, I'm not, I was never prepared um, to take that step because I think it's more being scared of, if you take a, obviously, if you go up on a step, it's a higher step, so you know all the challenges that's going to come. Until I said, we said, and God just told both of us, have that peace, it's time. So when God says it's time, you cannot say, but, but, but this and that, like Pastor said, Mm. you must be available, be open. You Mm. want to take the step of faith? 
Don't pull back because the doubt and the fear will keep you back of the blessings that God has got in store for you. So when we took the step, and then God just did the rest, yeah. So, so this happened, Eddie. There was the your name was in the hat. There was a process at work. There was interviews. There was a host of other things taking place. And he still had his studies at the time because you graduated this year, the last last, last year. year. Um, so Eddie still continued to do. What was your studies in? Um, degree in public administration. Right. So this is while still holding off an office, still studying and getting all of that going. Here, you guys are in agreement. You've gone through all the gates. Take us through that last phase when the, the federal council met with you. Take us through that process. And because there were other candidates, the names that was also up for uh, nomination. I think the, the one, the most important thing for me was, I mean, having stayed in Mitchell's Plain for, for 42 years of my life, a community that was and still is very close to my heart, understanding the issues there, and also having um, a desire to manipulate and express the platform that God has given me. I said I cannot move on until I know I have mobilized a very competent um, candidate for the ward. Remember, um, I don't want you to leave it that I chose um, my replacement. He had to go through his own process. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's good like that. And <laughs> in that he's, he's well known in, in, the, in the sector that he worked in before and was already interacting with, with ministers and, and counselors. It wasn't someone new. And so when I, and, and literally, Ruth, I actually was at the home and I said, Ruth, you are part of this. And, and when you said Ruth signed up, she actually, I told her, actually, what you're going to do, you're going to have to sign up as well because it impacts on, on, on the family. Like the conversation that, 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 that Jack and I had. Um, the, the position of deputy mayor was more a, a consequence of being responsive. Uh, you know, when I, I had, an, there's a committee, uh, there's, you know, you've got to be shortlisted. There were five applicants. But I had this piece, and the Bible says promotion doesn't come from the east or the west, the north or the south. It, it comes from oh, above. Lord, no. And for those who follow politics closely, I was in executive office uh, 2016. Then there was some, some shifts, and I was moved sideways, and I was gutted. I, I, had this, um, I was very disappointed in what happened. And then a God just said to me, um, keep your head up and your nose clean and go about your business. And because it, at the right time, at the right time, I'm going to be needing you. Yeah. And, uh, it, and, and like, you know, when you go to work, there are colleagues at work. You know, always, you, know, you work together and all have to like each other. And the same thing, uh, you know, where I work as well. You have those people, or 256 of them, uh, uh, in, the, in the political space and about just over 30,000 in the administration. Yeah. Uh, and you're not going to be, you know, just going to work together because the desired outcome is what should be focused on. And that is what God prompted in my spirit. And the reason why we applied, because in 2000, we were just a year married and we had an American friend of ours uh, who you saw very, you know, guys know Belinda yeah, Williams. Williams. And we were newly wed and we offered our place where we stayed. And we, for a couple of weeks, we moved into our, our mom's place. And at the time we had our our second or third miscarriage, and, and Belinda spoke there. I was, remember, this is the time when I was injured. I could not play. Mm. And Belinda came there and had a word of knowledge, and she prophesied the following, that you will be pregnant to Jackie, because now the doctor says that you won't have children. And today, can they just stand? Yeah, I was going to say, come on. So yes, there's, the there are the, Jesse, can you stand yes, yes. <laughs> 
So it's worth noting before you do, Eddie, and while he's standing. So Eddie played for the Springboks, as we know. I must, because he's wearing black. And then he goes and decides the sun to support New Zealand. Yeah. Ah. What's up, it's for? Oh, yeah. It's in the prayer time. Thank okay. you, guys. You may Thanks, be Joel. Okay, Jesse. And, <laughs> and so God had a word, said, no, but don't worry. You will have children. And um, unbeknown to us at the time, Jackie was pregnant. And she also said, Eddie, you will, you will be in government. You'll be standing in front of people. And you'll be speaking. Um, I mean, that was so far removed from who I was at 23 uh, years ago. And, and that is why when we had that conversation, we said we felt, you know, we were prompted in our spirit to, to make application. Had no idea if we were successful or not. It was actually irrelevant. We were just trying to be obedient. Because the people who applied, they were very highly competent individuals. I mean, uh, colleagues of mine, of course, because we're in government, we have the luxury of majority of votes. And so your preferred candidate would be that. And so the committee you go through, so you have the leader of my party and, and the leaders of the regional executive and the provincial executive and the national executive. By the way, people who I have not met in person yet to date, <laughs> it, is, it is that crazy. I've only first time met uh, the leader of my party uh, three months after I was in, in office. Just to tell you how bizarre God operates. Um, and, and also the fact that there was no, and, and, and me picking up the phone and trying to lobby anyone mm. to vote for me because they had to make up their own mind. Because I knew that God was busy doing something. And so, um, and, 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 and that was what was encouraging me. And I said, Lord, and I, I told in the interview and I said to, to the leader and, and, the, and the panelist, uh, there's a quote by, by John Maxwell that says the following. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That was, uh, that was underpinning my application. Uh, and, and, and in terms of, of course, other questions that you ask in terms of housing and how you respond to those. But that was it for me. I'm saying I want to go into government and ensure that we deliver a service that is caring and responsive. And a consequence of being responsive, because this desire that you have, it scares the living daylights out of me. I don't know if I will achieve it. Every single day that I wake up, I walk into office knowing very well I'm able to help somebody and I'm unable to help somebody. And that's okay. I've got a support complement of, of four people, one person in my ward office and three in my office. So this is a good time to introduce them. And yes. Please. So one, I've got, where's okay. um, yeah. uh, Cherise? Cherise is in the office there. Um, and um, Leticia is roaming around somewhere. She's got the baby at the back. The baby that yeah. was disagreeing with the 58 years of being yeah. in marriage. <laughs> um, there and then also we've got Jolene who is not here not today and we've got uh, Terry Ann I saw somewhere over there who, who's helping me in the in the ward office and there, that's it so so Monday mornings we meet and we go through the week with two weeks and it's it is rough it is rough because this desire that I have to ensure we deliver service in a manner that we are responsive um, that scares us it scares me and sometimes I pass it on to them as well because we must deliver the services. And I think that ultimately is, is, is important. And that's why I applied. Mm. Um, ultimately, there's no, I can't say uh, sit here today and say there's a whole list of other reasons why I applied. That's just a consequence of wanting and a desire of wanting to do more. Knowing very well that the, that verse in there, Jeremiah 29 that speaks about this amazing plan mm. um, that God has for life. Also 12 and 13 and 14 speaks about how we will call out to God. Yes. And then he says, I will hear you and I'll be found by you. And uh, that's what, what, what drives me every single day because this desire of manipulating, exploiting the platform that God gives us 
it is genuine it is genuine and i will be relentless in 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 that pursuit to exhaust the plans and the purposes that god has as for my life and and of course the support team goes along with that as well so so eddie will be in office for five years and what that means is that it's already past the first hundred days um of as in office and as as I was sitting here and I'm thinking, would you have said, thought back a few years ago that you can talk to a deputy mayor who's born again, blood washed, filled by the Spirit, speaking about things over your city? And why I'm saying this is because the context of the church and where we, what's significant today is that our prayers don't hit the ceiling. Our prayers reaches the throne room of God. And God hears our hearts, whether it's with our government, whether it's in local office, whether it's now, as we see over the city. The last thing, Eddie, maybe just before I switch over to, to Ashley and Ruth, just talk to us through that last moment as uh, Felicity um, announced the, the tallies and um, you were about to get up. Talk us through what that was for you um, and how, how significant it is that the enemy is always watching over what we're doing and how people are devious and divisive in what we do. Yeah, I think also the for some people at least. Not Jackie, all. Jackie mentioned that the you know the amazing plan that God has for our lives, and, and Satan also has as as plans, and and at times God allows those plans to to move at a pace, and because He knows that we our faith in Him and how important that is, and how strong we could be. And I was sitting there with the votes about to be to be counted, and I think if we look at, and I forget now what the numbers were, what the final numbers were. And there were people that, you know, the process is you, all the parties give a candidate and then you vote. And so this is party A, party B, party C. This is your, your preferred candidate and, and then you can vote. And I sat there and then really just waiting for the speaker because you, I know that I was going to be elected because we've got the majority as I already told. But again, just sitting there and just, just marveling at the amazing God that we serve. And, and to take, just to, before I get to respond to that, that picture with the rugby, we get the top right. So to top right, I'm standing next to uh, C.J. van der Linde. And C.J. van der Linde, I was the starting prop, and C.J. van der Linde was the, um, my, my replacement. Uh, uh, whilst in the Springbok team, I led the, the Bible study, and he was, of course, part of that. And C.J. comes up and he says, Eddie, and he's from Free State, he says, Eddie, I don't go smut but. Because so that's what you see there. That's why I said at the heart, snar gerak. That what you see there is CJ coming up to me and I'm embracing him and we're praying. And it's, a, it's just sort of what has happened that entire year, uh, the previous year it was Kamstaldraad. Right? That year people thought we were going to be, the, be ridiculed throughout the season. And yeah, a couple of youngsters get together, new coach, new everything, and we go win and, uh, the Tri-Nations and beat Australia, beat New Zealand, and uh, three years later, you know, we win the, the World, World Cup. Cup. Mm. And so it was always about the platform for me. To manipulate and exploit. And so I was excited about that. And, and just before the, the results, now back to the Deputy Mayor announcement, just before the results was um, um, about to be announced, one of the unsuccessful applicants comes to me and says, you know what, um, I should have been um, you know, where you are today. And you know, just voicing, verbalizing his disappointment and that. And I sat there and I said, sure, Lord. I'm so glad that I'm in you, I have strength. In you, I have calmness. In you, I can be who you desire to be. The very best version of myself that extends far beyond my, my qualifications and, and my expectations, but it's all about you. 
and 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 that to me was a very defining moment just reminding me that in the importance of re- staying focused staying focused as an individual as a child of god and wherever god may place you it may not all be public office or in administration but staying the course and staying focused and saying what happens on the periphery will happen irrespective of what you and i do but stay the course and let that sustain you because without that you will be weak you'll be found wandering and you will walk on that wide road that leads to destruction i i don't always have my ear too close to the ground to understand what happens in the corridors of council i'm just there to do my work i don't get sidetracked by any sort of issues there I'm just here to do my work because, and, and just the, the last point, and I, Thursday, I don't know if you guys know this, every first Thursday thing at the premier uh, has it in town. So we've now great crash the event. So we take all the mayor, deputy mayor, all our executive members there. And I came home there and I spoke to a lady and then a son and they were crying and just in terms of how, and asked her how we can help. And I came home, I said, sure, this work that we have, this important work that we have here, it is really important to ensure we're able to help. I saw the, the declaration in mm. terms of out poverty, yeah. financial increase, yeah. different income streams. That speaks you know, to my heart because it's important we take people out of poverty over time. And that is why we must help and we must really ensure that we grow the economy in a manner that we can. And I want to decide, but I just wanted to make that remark as well because we have a job and there is a purpose. And... Uh, I pray that the grace in Psalm, that Psalm 23 verse 6 speaks about, may it follow you and I every single day of our lives as we exhaust the plans and the purposes that God has for you. And rejoice when God promotes people in the right places. I think that's also important as well. So I just wanted to make that remark. You know, actually, there's photos I couldn't show you today. (laughs) Ashley and Ruth, we served in leadership together many years ago. Like I said, Ashley was um, involved with the youth work. Um, We served as deacons. We were associate pastors. Uh, We've done camps, holiday clubs. We've done so many things uh, together. Like everything it is saying. If you ever... You know when they say call a friend, and that's Ashley. We, we've kept that relationship going over the years. Now, to give you a bit of context here, Tracy, um, when her mom was alive, they were at the church together, and that was called Faith Chapel in Mitchell's Plain. Um, and then there was somebody who was the pastor of that church, and his birthday is on the same day that Tracy's birthday is. His picture's on, this, on the back here. And his name is Alfie Fave. And so he had a... a few children and he had a daughter and Ashley had a few other interests we've gone through that story and they um, got married and Ashley went after the pastor's daughter so that's a Kathleen you can relate and, and Sheldon and they got married so significantly her dad knew Tracy since she was four years old so this is how far back our relationship goes and um and to see this transition in your life and to see this transition in the light, in the context of South Africa and where we are going, you've got to sit back and say, God, what are you on about now? What are you doing? And so there was a prophetic word of our city years ago that God will use the tip of Africa, the Cape Town, 
and that fire of God will move over. We've got to understand that that prophetic word is being fulfilled as we speak. And so Ashley, we'll do an interview with him on an extended time. But the, 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 the point I want to bring this to here is he was involved in youth work with Scripture Union and, and other things. Went to Johannesburg on a stint for a while. He thought the land of milk and honey was there. <laughs> came back to Cape Town. Take us from that point on, Ashley. What were you involved with when you came back from Johannesburg? Sure. So um, I think, firstly, thank you so much for the invitation, and it's good to be Here's a lot of bass on Yeah, I sound like a... Yeah, it's like a... <laughs> sound better than I look. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So coming back, I think there was an opportunity to really just um, be with my family again. I think God stilled me um, where the enemy has really just used the busyness of life and work and allowing me to think that that was God's plan. And, and that was almost a... I, I went to Joba or the Gauteng to head up Scripture Union. Um, for Houting and um, to Soweto, Madran, and uh, took the family up, uh, spent the five years there, um, and and generally it was fulfilling. I accomplished what was um, set out, but I was losing my own salvation. Yeah, yeah, this and, was significant. Go. Yeah, so it was a difficult period because um, we were almost separated as a couple. And after, you know, years of marriage, I was just flying in and out, training, doing camps, doing leadership development. Um, And then, you know, I had to realize, hey, man, this is not pleasing to God at all. Your family is pleasing to God. Um, Making them the the priority is what is critical. And uh, we were on a journey to to be divorced. (laughs) And as painful as that was, you know, I had to come and take stock with my wife. Um, And God, you know, in his divine way, um, made things right again. Amen. Not man. (laughs) And that guy up top there, Alfie, um, even though he was uh, Ruth's dad, he was the well. He was the one that that actually um, smuggled to get us married. Um, and so it's a Christian word. That, oh, it's a Christian. Sorry. It's in the book of Hebrew. It's, it's, it's in that book. Yeah. So he invited me to pray with him because I was at Bible college, and um, yeah. so he eventually got us. Um, he would invite me for pray, and then um, uh, say, "Ruth, uh, can you?" Make Actually, some coffee. Um, and then um, he'd off to bed and leave me with Ruth. <laughs> so thank you, Jesus. So it, uh, anyway, I just wanted to bring back that light again. So God restored our marriage yeah. miraculously. And, um, you know, we were saying not so long ago, we were saying since God restored our relationship and mm-hmm. um, we, we renewed our relationship as a couple, I can't remember... When loss, um, this was now eight years ago, um, when loss we fought, <laughs> yeah. there's just been a renewing um, on, that, that only God has mm. governance over. So Amen. moving back, I, I had the privilege of having about a year of really just um, hiding away from everything. 
I actually got rid of my phone, rid of the laptop. I went and, and started a recycling business. <laughs> and that sustained us. Um, it, it used up all my savings, but then I got bored. Because if you were a revolutionist and an <laughs> activist, you can't sit and yeah. just do things yeah. for yourself. Mm. Um, and uh, 10 months in, um, I, I, my sister said to me, actually, there's an opportunity at Cape Town Drug Counseling Center. And again, I was the least fit candidate. When I got appointed or got um, the, the contract, I then obviously was in office and I was able to have the files of the people that was also interviewed. Doctors, uh, people with, um, I don't know how much PhDs, uh, degrees, and here's me. Again, it doesn't come from north, south, west, or east. It comes from above. Amen. And so I was Amen. there for just Ooh. under 10 years. And during that 10-year um, with the Cape Town Drug Counseling Center, because my, my passion in life and my mission in life was develop myself to develop others. Mm. So it's always to pour myself into others and make sure mm. that it's not reliant on a person. Mm. You have a skill, you have a resource, you need to transfer that mm. so that it can continue whenever you're gone. Um, and so that has always been my drive uh, in, in my career. And so God has moved one Lego block to the next, to the next. And I know that um, uh, about 10 years ago, uh, I started helping, um, you know, Eddie with the, the dad project. And I, re I remember at my office in, um, at the drug center, I said to him, you know, I'm so tired of doing camps just for the purpose of doing I will only help if there is a, a sustainability in it. And then dad was um, designed out of a lot of that. Because I, I don't want to work with young people and then they're gone. It, it must be something that can be sustained. And today, out of the dad, yes, some dad um, yeah. uh, protégés here. Uh, <laughs> we got the Peter's family. I mean, Peter and his wife, their kids are here. Lungi is here. My ward assistant, um, uh, uh, you Let's, know, right yeah. at the back there. Um, ask us to stand. So you can stand. Stand. So Courtney, Courtney. Carstens was also a dad ambassador. Yes, yeah. you can give her a hand of applause. Yes. So out of the eloquent um, CVs that I received, um, in fact, um, Councillor Andrews, uh, or Alderman Andrews, uh, stole my other one. Um, Charisse <laughs> went with, with him and then I, I knew that God was saying uh, we de develop this process to show that there is an ability through the dad project to be able to instill leadership in people mm -hmm. and, and court, I couldn't have asked for a better word assistant because she is the youngest but outshines the most of them and so it's through this product that we are able to do that and again um, you know this uh, opportunity that God has now channeled me to uh, was something I was running away from for many, many years. <laughs> I would not want to thank any of us. Um, listen, you need to sign up. <laughs> Even when I did the exam September, uh, two years ago, um, this is too much paperwork, but yes, uh, I said, I don't smart for this, man. So, and, but God knew what was coming, and so I did it. I was obedient. I followed it, and um, then it was a success in terms of where God wanted um, our journey to go as a family. So um, my son is here. My daughter is not here. Uh, uh, but it's, it's always an absolute honor um, to be out serving 
and it's a blessing to know that my family is behind and supporting me all the way. So, yeah. So we're going we're gonna to wrap this up with just a few things. Ruth, I didn't forget about you. Um, just to give you context, so Ruth's dad uh, planted a church and also an organization called Kingdom Ministries International. And you know, back in the day when we heard this name and he launched it off, Tracy was his PA and the secretary of the movement. And I'm thinking, international, we then just got local churches here and people. Where's the international? He's passed on now more than a year ago and, and Ruth's mom. And um, what happened is today... That ministry has grown where there are churches and leaders that he's impacted internationally through a, a, just a simple mentoring concept. Let's have coffee. He's a relational person, and we've learned that as leaders, and um, he's shaped who we are in our lives. There's a few that we've invited people here today who's been shaped by his life, and he's the gentleman with the blue shirt on the left, and next to him is Pastor Brian Herbert, who uh, was the principal of the Bible school that some of us attended and also passed away. And um, then there's next to that is a building, which is a legacy that has stood there through Alfie Fabe. His mom's name was um, Ethel. And so the place is named after um, Ethel. And so we represent on the board there. And a few of us, um, there's a, a community facility that is run in Eastridge, Mitchell's Plain. Um, because of that, so Ruth, just frame with us this context now. As we're going to wrap this up, you've seen this all along. You've seen this journey. Where are you at in the midst of all of this? And you know our hearts with you as we come together sometimes. So just to give you an idea, there's a few of us. Every quarter, we go away as couples and just spend time with each other and just connect. And we've been doing this for, for a few years now. And so just talk to us. <laughs> There we go. Yes. Um, I just love how Ashley shared openly with you this morning. It's actually such a blessing because sometimes, sometimes we as Christians, we just keep quiet. We don't speak out. So for me, it's, it's beautiful that you could share this morning with you where we were at. And it was basically 11 years ago where um, we came back from Joburg. We came back home. We were separated. We lived apart. Um, I lived alone with the kids, and Ashley stayed on his own. But by God's supernatural power, he brought us back together. And I just want to encourage couples out there today. God is in control. God can restore. God can heal. I, I really thought that we would never be restored ever. Um, the love that we have for each other today is so much more. Like Ashley even said, I don't remember when last that we argued. And it's it's beautiful. I it's it's a blessing. God God can bring that restoration. If you feel that you that it can never work, God won't bring you together. He will. I want to encourage those couples that feel that you lost. God, God can restore your marriage. So it's been, yeah, it's been a real journey. Also, I lost my dad two years ago um, to COVID. And then my mom passed away now in September. She died of dementia. 
So yeah, it's been a tough journey. It's been hard. Um, being a close family that we were, we had a separation with some of our family also because of the death, but I just thank God that, yeah, that. Mm. Sure, powerful stuff. I want, I want you to see something today, is that these are ordinary, real people. Not that you read about in articles and you see in different places and think, how can we relate? God uses all of us in different ways, and we all go through things in life and challenges, health, all those things, ordinary people. And what we're going to do now, and I know the time, we're going to wrap it up here. We're going to pray over them. We're going to declare over them as a community of what God has positioned them to do, and that we as the ecclesia stand with this authority. So I want to invite you guys to come and stand in the front here. Um, in front of us and then your teams, if you can come and join them. The, whoever's on teams with Ashley and with Eddie, please come and join them in the front end. We're going to declare over them and then we're going to go pray over them and commission them to keep and continue to serving our city. With all that they have, you can face the people. I don't mind you face the people and we're going to speak over you. Guys, you can almost stand all together here. And that, and we're gonna we're gonna prophesy over you. We're gonna speak life over you. So Jude and Kirsten, if you guys are feeling words that uh, you want to release, we're gonna pray over these guys uh, and honor them and declare. I think let's first let's first declare over them if we can. Trace, if we can get that declaration together, and I want to let's just stand together, folks, and we're gonna pray over these guys. We're gonna declare over them, and then we're gonna release prophetic words, and we're gonna anoint them and pray that God equips them to do this service, not for, and we've heard it, it's not their own gain, this is for the, ex the extension of the kingdom and serving people. Amen. So the scripture we're going to base this on today is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And that's Acts 10.38. And we speak over these people here that God is with you. So let's declare this together over them in faith, and we speak it out of them. Let's go. Today we decree together that you experience encounters with God's tangible presence. We say that your mind, heart, and physical beings and senses the power of the Almighty. May your bones be filled with supernatural life. We call upon the Lord to touch you in an unusual way and that a fresh anointing comes upon you. May the hand of God be upon you everywhere you go. We say that every place you walk this day, the glory of the Lord shall go before you, stand beside you, and also be your protection from behind. Even as the anointing of the Lord was with Jesus, so shall that same anointing be upon you. We prophesy that heavenly gifts shall rest upon you and that you are enabled to manifest the kingdom of heaven in all your circles of influence. We declare right now that you shall surely say, the presence of the Lord follows me. He is here with me and upon me. Amen. 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 Okay, we're just going to prophesy and then we're going to pray over them. Okay. 
Um, I just want to see. So I just want to read Psalm 105, verse 16 and 17 over all of you. It's about Joseph. It says, when he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as, as a slave. I just want to put my Bible down. There we go. Just fix that. So this morning when I prayed for you guys, the thing that God showed me is trailblazer. I heard the word trailblazer. And the Lord is saying that he has called you to make a new way. Uh, a trailblazer makes a way in the midst of a forest, in the midst of a desert, in the midst of chaos. And you have been appointed for a time as this. The Lord is saying he's been tricking you. I really see, I hear God laugh in the heavens because he had to be clever in surprising you guys. You know, he's been catching you off, the, off guard to get you on the yeah, path that you're not aware of because it's been different little bends and different turns, but he's gotten you right here. He's saying to you, you are standing on the ground that he's been preparing you for. You're about to inherit that which he has promised over your life. But what he's, he's putting a fire upon you that you will run ahead. You will run ahead. And you're, uh, and I hear God say the momentum that you're going to be running with, it is going to be his momentum. There's an incredible acceleration coming. And I hear the Lord say that everything around you, what you stepped into, He's going to surprise you yet again because what you see around you in the communities and what you see in government is about to change. And he has prepared you for a time as this. And I I heard so clearly this, this morning, God said to me, he's given you the anointing to unlock resources. He's given you the anointing to unlock resources, the love that you have for business. You both, you, you have a love for business and you are passionate about seeing transformation in the area of finance. And God said he has created you. He has put you through different streets and different pathways because he's been birthing different things in you. You're not coming in as a political figure. You are coming in to display the kingdom. And you're going to be unlocking wells. You're going to be unlocking resources. The Lord is going to connect you with business people in the city. The relationships already that's there, but it's going to increase. Relationships with business people in the city, and you are going to be forging new, new ways, new ways of working. And, and I clearly heard God say, this is a reform city. It's a city of reformation. Cape Town is a city of reformation. You are the reformers in the area of governance for this city. And you're going to be running in the front lines. And he wants you to see yourselves as trailblazers. You're carrying a fire. You're carrying the fire from heaven. And you're going to go at an incredible pace. And don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged when you see the system that you are in crumble. Because as Joseph was positioned for the time of famine, so you are positioned for a time where things will crumble. Everything that has been built around you will crumble and it will fall. And you will bring forth a new system. And in this city, in this city, you will hold hands with people in different spheres. Because we are called to reform at the tip of Africa. At the tip of Africa, there is a, there's an anointing for reform. Systems and models. It's an apostolic city. This is a city that will, that will make new pathways, will build new systems. And the key to this is team. The key to this is team. And God says, you have been faithful, 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 faithful. I hear that so clearly. He says, well done, 
my faithful stewards. For I'm about to bless you, and I'm about to send you forth at an incredible pace, and you will run, and you will build by my spirit in the city, and you will live to see reformation and transformation in this city. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to try not to be too long. And you know when she says the West Trail Buzzer is someone who creates a trail. And then there's many that follows. And while you were speaking, and especially Andrew, I just saw this word bridge. And the Lord kept on saying bridge, bridge, bridge. And I feel like the Lord is saying that he's using you to establish other people. Do not undermine the position that God has placed you. No matter how small it may be, God has placed you in two key positions. Yes, you will face difficulties like you're used to it already. But you know, the Lord will never leave you like he says in Matthew 28. He will be with you till the end of time. And I just want to encourage you, it's not just about you. It's not about you. God is placing you as a bridge because, you know, just like he has placed you there, you are strategic. You are a part of the ecclesia that God is placing and he's going to place many and many. I feel the Lord saying that South Africa and Cape Town belongs to him. And he has placed people like you who are reformers to bring that transformation. And God wants you to pay attention to the other people that will come along. You know, your word has to say, your word has power. And he has placed you into position of influence. And you have to look around and see the people that the Lord is bringing. You as a bridge, you as a trailblazer to be able to carry them and to lead them into the ways of the Lord. Amen. 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 So when Sheldon started early today, he spoke about that our schools, our communities are crying out for righteousness and justice. And righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. We're talking fundamentals here. We're not talking about add-ons. We're not talking about a step in a program. We're talking about the fundamentals. We're talking about the foundation. So early this morning, the Lord gave me this. Without counsel, without what's happened here this morning, without we've witnessed here, and, and as we were in, 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 in praise and worship, uh, I know that God was stirring your hearts already. I, I want to remind you of what was your experience when you stood in this hall together in unity with us this morning. Because I believe God was stirring things. He says, without counsel, plans go awry. Now, the Afrikaans moest gaan opzoek wat beteken awry. That's when something is pulled from its destination. It's skewed. Without counsel... Plans, and let's substitute that word plans for the intention of your heart. What was God stirring in your heart this morning? What the words that you've been receiving here this morning, what is God stirring in your heart? Because he says without counsel, that good intention will go awry. It will not hit the mark. So this is a word of encouragement. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. This is a promise to you this morning. It's not a hit and miss. It's not, let's see where the chips fall. This is foundational. God says, you have been present in a multitude of counselors. Every amen, every word of encouragement, every angel that held its breath this morning, 
when we address the foundations, God says, it is established. Okay, let's just ask, let's just pray in the spirit. This is the work of the ecclesia. Now we're sending an order over our city as God's positioned his people. And we want to pray over these guys. We want to lay hands on them, but also for your families. If your families want to just come and stand with you and join, and we're going to commission and pray over you to serve, but with the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit. So Father, we thank you that as we've declared these things into the spiritual realm this morning, as we've spoken these things in faith, we've prophesied over these men and women that you've positioned for your time such as this father we pray that the backing and the power of your holy spirit empowers them equips them with the gifts that they have to see this city reformed to see this city come alive for the destiny that you've got a place upon them lord jesus so we lay hands we anoint them we speak the power of the holy spirit upon your heart the fire that is inside of you to run to be able to stand with the anointing of the almighty god to know the truth of the almighty god and i want to speak of and say for you You are not to be apologetic in your leadership. You stand with the values of the kingdom that are placed inside of you. And you hold firm to those truths and no compromise. No compromise over your hearts. We release the power and the fire and the blessing of the Almighty God. To stand with truth. To stand for truth. To stand in power. To understand the anointing of the mighty God. Almighty God who's upon you. And we release that fire upon your hearts right now. And we say that as we witness today in the natural, we thank you that heaven will respond to our faith prayers, to our prophecies that we've spoken from the heart of the Father this morning to release over you guys to run with fire, to run with horses, to take ground for the kingdom of God and to release you for the kingdom service and kingdom work that you're doing. So we release that over. Let's just pray in the spirit. Just release life over them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And we say this in the powerful name of Jesus. We hold this in the powerful name of Jesus that all will be said and done by His name and His power. Everybody shouted, Amen. 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 Amen.